Welcome to the PSP Learning Hub podcast about language. Firstly, I would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the lands you are listening on. I would like to pay respects to elders past, present and emerging and thank them for the sharing of the land. My name is EJ and I'll be narrating this podcast today. The way we communicate is significantly important and getting your communication right in difficult and potentially high emotional situations is critical. In the situation where there's concerns regarding the well-being of a child, what we say and how we say it is the difference between a positive or negative interaction between the family and the worker. In difficult situations, the words we use play a big role in how effective planned interventions have influence on the child's well-being especially when the child's well-being is at the centre of those conversations. The way we communicate with and describe children, young people and their families sets the tone for the working relationship with these children, families and communities, especially within casework. The words we use when recording and reporting can directly affect the way the family is perceived by the PSP service provider, the Department of Communities and Justice and the courts. It can also influence how their community view a child and their family, and more importantly, can affect how the families sees themselves. The words we use create a vision of how the children, young people, their families and their communities are perceived by the sector. Using labelling or stigmatising language can unintentionally scare, isolate or confuse a child, family or carer rather than empower, support, and potentially build positive relationships. For example, when a view is created of a child and their family as being difficult, helpless, or hopeless, this may cause a rift between the worker and the client, and can hamper the understanding of what is the causing factor here, or may create barriers with working towards a positive change. A big part of communication is listening. Indigenous cultures across the world place a big emphasis on listening. Not only listening to what is being said, but how it's being said, who's saying it, and the context and what's not being said. Truly listening to children and families in sometimes difficult situations can be challenging. Try to look at their story from different angles and consider past and current practices and policies that largely have negative impacts on Aboriginal families. Here's an example of rephrasing. Instead of, they are resistant and uncooperative, a better way of phrasing this may be, they are reluctant and require more time or another approach. Keep the word simple and real. When exploring and describing the child's story with children and their families, It is good practice to write and talk about their experiences and challenges in everyday language. Avoid jargon. Think about what's trying to be achieved, including the permanency goal that's being worked towards. Think about what motivates and empowers a child and their family to make changes in the existing strengths. As part of casework practice, it is a key to always reflect to grow. Reflect on, does what you do match what you say you do, or what you are trying to do? What is it you are trying to say? What is your intention when you speak, write, or record 
especially in documentation. As you're already aware, jargon is often used within the sector and as professionals, these terms are quickly understood and acknowledged. This jargon shows the sector's values and priorities. We must always avoid using jargon as it can be confusing, stigmatising and labelling. It can reinforce power dynamics and leave clients and families feeling confused, labelled and stigmatised. A more effective way to communicate with children and their families is using easily understandable everyday language instead. When we change the way we speak, the intent of our work changes and can increase positive outcomes for children and families. Here are the examples. The jargon we use. Disengaged, won't engage. A more effective way of communicating, not currently having their needs met. Risk, worry, worried about. Long-term placement, a place where the child can stay. Permanency planning, planning for the future. Home visit, visited the home, had a yarn to. Absconded, left and returned. Restoration, has returned home and returned to family. Supervised contact, supported visit. Removal, separation, taken from. Parenting capacity, describe their skills, strengths and areas for improvement. Dirty urine, positive drug test result. Client, the name of the person. Files, the family's story. We must always be accountable in our casework and the language we use plays a huge role in this. When you use language that conceals the context of violence, resistance and responsibility, you minimise the impact of these behaviours on families. Coats and Wades 2007 So using language that makes clear who is responsible for safety and risk creates a more accurate and detailed description of a child's life in the PSP program. This will help to respond to the child's situation more clearly. It is easy to mutualise responsibility. However, using language that hold the perpetrator accountable for their violence helps to make a perpetrator's actions visible. Mutualization means that a responsibility is mutual or equal between two people. These examples show you the difference between mutualization and accountable language. Mutualization language. Mary is in a domestic violence relationship. There was an incident of domestic violence between John and Mary. Accountable language. John and Mary are in a relationship where John is violent and abusive to Mary. John punched Mary in the face and kicked her in the stomach during an argument. Mutualization language. Chelsea, age 14, is promiscuous and prostituting herself. Accountable language. Chelsea is 14 years old. She is being exploited and sexually abused by men who are giving her money to have sex. This is sexual assault. Using language that honours dignity is key and good practice, which all of the people we work with deserve. It is a human right. Upholding the dignity of a child, their family and community is done by using specific language and understanding what might be happening for a child at risk. Think about and describe the response and resistance to abuse or neglect. It reveals qualities, strengths and abilities that can help to work with a child and their family. It helps to join the dots so that a better understanding of their vulnerability and risks can be reached and actioned. Here are some examples of how to honour dignity using language.
What happened when mum was drunk and yelling? She was swearing and throwing things. She threw the cup from the kitchen and hit my little brother Jesse. Where were you when she did that? In the lounge room. What did you do when that happened? I waited for mum to go into the bedroom. I picked Jesse up and went to the neighbour. That was such a brave thing you did to keep Jesse safe. Here's another example. What happened when dad came home from the pub? He was swearing and throwing things. He yelled at mum, then he hit her. What did mum do when dad was swearing and throwing things and hit her? She ran and covered me with a blanket and took me to the bedroom. She locked the door and put the TV on loud so we couldn't hear him. What happened then? It went quiet after a while. Mum checked it was okay. Dad was gone. We went to Auntie's house. I helped her get our clothes. I'm staying with Auntie now. PSP casework staff have a responsibility to use language that allows children, their families and carers to understand and feel understood. This allows them to take part in supporting a child's safety and well-being. Parents and carers need casework staff to partner with them to support change. There are many resources in the PSP Learning Hub that can support you to build effective relationships with children and families. They are under the Casework Skills tab. Thank you for listening today.